0: I am Doug Friedman
1: and I am Meredith Levy
0: and this is your mental breakdown
1: and I'm back (laughs)
0: Like it's the podcast on the patreon other words we can say that start with p um hi pal (laughs) this is perfect it's perfect there you go welcome to the patreon
1: I know. It's so exciting to be back in action with (laughs) Drew, Drew, Drew.
0: Did you miss him? Did you miss your boy?
1: I've missed him so much.
0: It's wild because we, I mean, we came back for a new season with the new client, which is awesome. And we were on break for a while. And you're coming back to Drew, so you haven't heard... I've been hearing Drew every week because I still see him in therapy. Right. But you haven't heard him for the whole break. Yeah. Plus, we lost... There were, I think, three episodes, three sessions that got lost because the audio was ruined.
1: We call those the lost episodes.
0: (laughs) The lost episodes. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Oh, and they were brilliant. Of course. Such great stuff. No, not really. People ask me, like... God, is every week, like with every client, like that, that deep, do you get into that much stuff? Like
1: You're like, yep, <laughs> I'm brilliant. <Yeah.
0: laughs> every single time. It's not me. It's also what the client brings. Like sometimes it's just.
1: Of course. Bending. Yeah. I mean, it's been super cool to hear the other um, therapists that you've had on. It's been awesome hearing all the different perspectives and obviously I'm the best, However,
0: <laughs> however? Jealous? Did you get jealous? <laughs> a
1: little jelly. However, I'm really glad that everyone listening gets to actually hear other people doing this breakdown with you and all these other people having a chance to do it with you, because I think it's a great opportunity. Again, not as good as me, but it's fine.
0: No, not not remotely. Never. <laughs> what's cool and you and I've talked about this. We have a similar approach. I mean different styles, of course, but right. we think we think similarly. And it's interesting to hear somebody that doesn't necessarily agree with how I approach things or how I do things. I mean, the three people that we had on kind of do. (laughs) So (laughs) you do agree with me? So it's, it'll be really interesting if I bring in a guest. I thought about, I don't know what you think of this, but I was thinking of having my mom on because she's a therapist.
1: Fuck yes, you should. That would be fantastic. Yeah.
0: That would be interesting. like, Ooh, maybe I'll wait till we have a a Drew session where he's dealing with mom issues and I'll bring my mom on. Oh my God. She'll do the, the breakdown.
1: Please. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Let's oh, do it. Man. Let's do it. So speaking of moms,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of mom, well, there was some mom stuff in here talking and speaking about yeah. moms, the, the mother of moms. Mother of Drew? I don't know, man. See, we've lost our rhythm for Drew. Like we can hit the segues and do our stuff with with Sarah, but doing it with Drew, it's...
1: Should I just go into the episode now?
0: Well, let's let everybody listen to the session. Then we'll come back and then we'll go into it. Right. (laughs) I mean, we've heard the session. So y'all listen to the session. We will be back at you momentarily for us in a few minutes for you. And we'll break it down. Old school style, the way we did. The yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, not quite as good as we did now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Literally today, I was just thinking to myself, kind of where I was like a year ago, and a lot more so just because of everything that's happened this week. And I felt like a super green braid this week and just kind of reflecting on everything. And, and like I was even thinking like back to brother wedding and what that looked like for me and even bachelor party. And I think my mindset last year of going to that wedding was a great, really big milestone for me. I was really appreciative that I did go, you know, and I was able to experience that with my family. And so that was a really cool opportunity for me to kind of look back and be like, I went to something that was really uncomfortable with it, but I felt super prepared anyway. And that kind of just translated into my thought process of business and work and, and everything that's going on right now, because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a lot of super unknown and it's a lot yeah. of really big things going on, but I'm kind of taking the slow route of like, it's okay. It's going to work itself out and whatever meant to be will be, but mm-hmm. I'm still doing my part to keep it going.
0: The thing that I heard a year ago and I hear right now is the super unknown is okay. And recognizing I'm prepared by virtue of being me. Not like, wait, I need to know more about it. If I'm going into this situation, I need to know everything about the situation. I need to know how I'm going to handle it. I need to know my contingency plan and all that.
2: Backup plan, B, C, and D, right? (laughs) Right.
0: Sounds different now. A lot different.
2: And it feels a lot different. I still have little tendencies that I, I, I can see now. I think that's my biggest change is that I can really see what's going on emotionally and how I feel it. My printer, for example, the other day, it's really funny so i text friend him, try to call him and he didn't hit me back didn't call me back and i'm like this is super unlike him what the fuck's going on so i ended up going there i stopped in kind of yeah. announced like what's up guys like just wanted to say everything like make sure everything was okay popping in saying what's up and he's like oh dude i broke my phone yesterday and so like i thought about it and i think a year ago i would have freaked out i would have had to drive to him that night been like dude are we okay like is everything okay with us i didn't lose any sleep over it. I wasn't freaking out to the point where I'm like, oh my God, everything's everything's over. I was like, okay, like, we'll figure this out and it'll be okay. And it ended up being a broken phone. Right. It's just like these little things that I'm realizing now where I'm not getting so caught up in the moment and just kind of letting it be.
0: That fight or flight response, that alarm that goes off in you, where you put on this the cape and spring into action, not so much. It's going, okay, it's all right. It'll be okay. I don't have to fix everything right away. And the unknowns are a big part of that. It's sometimes the, the actual thing that happened. It was like such an easy explanation doesn't even occur to us because our brains are creating these huge stories where we need to take an action or something's happening. We take it personally. Your mom's relapse before the wedding. You didn't take it personally, which is amazing. Your printer, his phone broke. You weren't taking it personally that he wasn't getting back to you. Doesn't mean you liked it. You were still annoyed.
2: Well, and just to kind of throw that more onto that through past history and everything I've known about my mom, I don't feel guilty for it. I don't feel like that's my place to try and fix it anymore. Even more so, I don't feel the urge to drive up to Seattle to go make sure she's okay. And I'm okay with that.
0: You've had a year of experiencing what it's like to be your own person. In psychology, we call it individuation. You're becoming your own individual. For you, you're finding the support from other sources, from other places, and you're feeling it inside, you know, I got this.
2: Yeah. Talking about finances too. I had the conversation with my dad today too, or yesterday was, because they've been helping me out still. And uh, right. now that I'm right. I'm really getting going, um, I can see that kind of insight. I'm signing contracts, we're good to go. Like, you, won't, I don't need anything from you at this point. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. This is like, great, good job. And that felt really great. And then... I found out that I'm on terms for payment, so I don't get my first paycheck until mid-February. I didn't feel the disappointment going into that conversation of like, hey, dad, I think i let you down. It was like, hey, dad, I am doing what I said I was going to do, but I still need your help for a little bit. And he was like, dude, yeah, I got you, of course. And so like, it felt really good to be okay with not quite being there yet and still him being proud of me.
0: I love that, the term interdependence. You're not dependent on them and you're not fully independent yet. You can rely on them for some things. You can ask for their support when you really need it. They can say no and you're okay. It doesn't mean they don't love me, but it's setting you up to have a relationship with them that's allowing you to be your own individual and still have them be your family.
2: And really good, yeah.
0: And even your dad saying, yeah, I'm proud of you. You weren't telling him this for him to be proud of you. You were just sharing your life with him and telling him what was going on. And you were proud of you. Hey, dad, look at what I've done. Here's what I've done.
2: I get really excited when I start new projects. And I was like, yo, dad, listen, I'm not talking to you as your son right now. I'm more having this conversation as like a business. Like, what would you do in my position? And he kind of flipped and really gave me like amazing advice from a friend perspective, Mm -hmm. which I thought was it was it just felt really good for me because i felt like i wasn't judged in it it was really nice to like have a relationship with my dad where i can almost depend on him from a non-judgmental way at this point right now which is something i think i've lacked i felt a lot more secure and solid in that conversation knowing that he knows i'm still broke and i have no finances and i and i have no money he was still supportive
0: it's interesting cuz that that judgmental word our guard is, are they judging us? From his perspective, it might be protective, not judgmental. I want to protect my son. And what was really cool about how you were talking to him this time was you recognized, this isn't the support that I need right now. Hey dad, can you talk to me like this? Right. Because you're hearing what it is, you're able to ask for what you need.
2: I think I'm really good about asking the questions to hear what I want to hear but I went in a way of hearing what he had to say and not how I wanted to hear it. It was nice to be able to be receptive to that. It was nice. It was just a good, quick conversation that meant a lot to me and kind of showed me where one, I was at, and two, where I have a relationship with my parents right now, and it's really nice. Feels good.
0: You're developing the kind of relationship that is more equal, is more, word that you said a long time ago, partners. And still that interdependence piece, I still might need your help financially. I still might want your advice for this, but you're not asking for permission and you're not asking him to be involved.
2: Yeah. And to that point too, a year ago, I was like, dad, like we can get in business together and you can be like the investor and I can do this. And and to that point too, you know, yesterday when I was talking to him, I wasn't trying to prove to him that I had something to give back to him. It wasn't a, I finally have something where I can reciprocate the love you gave me and I can now give it back to you. It was just strictly right. like, we yeah, we can help each other. It sounds fun.
0: I think he's responding to you as more of a man and an individual because you are being that. That is how you are right now.
2: I feel a lot more Big Drew talking with him. I feel more secure in myself, problem solving than running to him to solve my problem. I think my pendulum is getting a little bit more in the middle in the sense of mm. not relying on being fully Green Beret. Cause I, you know, I, I really wanted to go that route cause I was so Boy Scout. And so I wanted to go so yep. Green yep. Beret. And yep. now I'm kind of understanding that I can have some Boy Scout in there too. And <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where my relationship with both my parents are right now.
0: Absolutely, I love that. When I gave you that in the beginning, the Boy Scout, the Green Beret, I was like, it's a spectrum, like that pendulum that you're talking about right now. That might actually be where we always wind up. We might not find a fixed point and stay there because that might be too rigid. And there might be some times when you will lean more towards one side or the other, and that's okay.
2: Yeah. And and I think I'm translating that into relationships too. I think over the course of the last year, year and a half, I have really, and I think this is how I wanted to go about it, was really focusing on myself and what I needed through almost everything and really being selfish in a good way, throughout okay. a lot of things with those last year. And now my pendulum's swinging back to the, okay, now I'm understanding my boundaries and, and kind of what that means to me and what's important and where my moral grounds are. And that's allowing my pendulum to go back the other way of saying, okay, now I can go help people, not in fixing everybody's lives and, and doing that the way I put my Superman cape on. But, you know, like today, friend called me and uh, and I hadn't seen girlfriend in probably a week, week and a half. And so she's here just for the weekend. And uh, friend was like, hey, man, you want to kick it? And like, usually I'm like, and I even said, yes, like, let me say that first. I was like, yeah, dude, like, of course. And then I ended up texting him and I was like, hey, man, like, like, I love you so much, but I need to go spend some time with her. If you need me, I'm here, but I'm going to go do this. And it felt really good to know that he wanted to hang out, to know that he somewhat needed me in a sense. And I felt okay with saying, hey, I need to put my time here for right now, but I'm still here for you. Did that part feel good too? Yeah, it felt really good.
0: A little scary, a little nervous, because I'm telling my boy no?
2: I think the scariness is in the unknown of where is he really at right now? Like, what does he need me for? Not <laughs> not kicking it with them. It, it's If something does go bad and I wasn't there, but I know for me and myself, I needed time with her. I, like, I needed that. And so it felt good to be selfish in that sense, but still yep. be there for him while he needed me, if he needed me. And he hasn't called me. He's like, I'm going to take a nap. I was like, all right, have a good nap. Like, enjoy
0: Yeah, there's a shift and it doesn't have to be the, oh, wait, let me see if I can make this happen. Maybe I can be in two places at once. Can I clone myself? You don't have to do that. You do when you're you're scared and worried and don't want to be abandoned and your self-worth depends on each of them getting what they need from you and me being useful to each of them. What you're kind of saying, and I love it because you said it twice and it's one of my favorite words to reclaim, which is selfish. It's not a bad word. It means I'm thinking of myself. If I'm being selfish in the good way, I am taking care of myself. So I'm a better person with either one of you.
2: feels good uh, because I don't think I'm letting anybody down. At the end of the day, I'm not letting myself down and losing the boundaries. Yeah. Um, And I think that reciprocates into both of them feeling okay in that too.
0: It's nice to hear this from you because this is this is not how you were a year ago, even six months ago.
2: God, no, not even close. Like not even close.
0: What do you think's different for you now?
2: I think I've had a lot more mile markers of my own now. I think I've really built a lot more of self confidence in getting through situations, good and bad, unknown, the anxiety, the the craziness of of my day to day shit. You know, I talked about slowing down for so long when we first started doing this. And I literally thought I needed to like move slower and talk slower and do that. And that would make my mind at ease and and it would help in that sense. And what I realized that I can hit different gears. And I thought I had to be in six gear all the time and go, go, go. And it's either six or reverse. There is no in between. And I think I'm finding the one, two, threes, fours, and fives in my life. I used to look for conversations to make me feel better for the reassurance. And now, now I like dealing with things and, and working through it and, and, and going through I think that's been one of my biggest mantras and something I've, I've been saying more so outside of my real life is, is go through it. Don't run from it, don't hide from it, don't smoke about it. And I think going through situations now, knowing that I was more Green Beret in those situations really helped me in that too. And so I think a lot of this last year has been a lot of self-discovery and testing new grounds, seeing what makes me happy and what do I like doing. I'm so much more proud of myself for doing my own thing and how we're doing it. I'm showing myself I can do it. And I think that was another big fear for me this last year. The core of myself have never really had the confidence to execute. I think I'm executing a lot more now to the slowing down portion of what I was trying to say. I'm still go, go, go all the time as far as that's concerned, but I've allowed myself to find time for the right things at the right moments where I can actually be honest with myself of what do I need and not on a codependency level of, oh, you're not okay, so I'm not okay, so now we're not okay. I don't feel judged in this relationship and she's really allowed me to be true to who I want to be right now and has really supported the growth in, in what I'm doing in this too And I think that support from my parents, from her, from her family, from my friends have really implored me to go be myself.
0: Well, I would say it's validated you being yourself because you being yourself comes from you and you're allowing yourself to be more you. And the more you do that, it's, oh, it's not that I can be useful to them. It's, oh, they actually see me for who I am friend called and said, Hey man, I miss you. I want to hang out with you. It's not because you can give him
2: something. I think where I was at with the the prior to was needing to be perfect for who they wanted me to be. And now I'm right, understanding right. that I can be imperfect and be me. Cause I'm, I'm a human. Of course I'm going to fuck up. And, and I used to get so caught up on those fuck ups And now being okay with the mistakes and being like, no, I do fall short in certain areas and and I am trying, but this is who I am right now. And now I'm getting a better understanding of it's okay to be imperfect and have a perfect relationship.
0: Yeah, it's the imperfections that make it perfect. That's one of the joys in any relationship. It's knowing somebody's imperfections. That's what makes it so unique. It's showing, showing the dark places and having that be okay that vulnerability which is one of the very first words you were throwing around when we first met it's being able to be vulnerable and have that be okay that's what it's all about and when we strive for perfection we're missing being human we're missing the imperfections and we're missing our relatability we can look up to somebody that's perfect but we can relate to somebody who's imperfect
2: i feel perfect when i understand i'm imperfect and I feel imperfect yeah. when I'm trying to be perfect. <laughs> it's weird.
0: Yeah, but that, that makes sense. And, and trying to be perfect, we're never going to be. We incorrectly think we'll reach this state of perfection. It's not true. You're not going to.
2: I want to strive for perfection, but I don't ever necessarily want to reach that, I don't think. Exactly. I'm such a fan of learning and growing, and, and I'm so obsessed with that process. I would hate being perfect. Because then I would never learn anything. I would never grow. I would never experience the unknown. I would never experience the shock of me actually being able to do something I didn't think I was going to be able to do.
0: And you know, like you said, it's not reaching the perfection, it's the striving. Because that striving could be, yeah, I, I want to stay motivated. You were having a reaction to that when I was saying that a second ago.
2: Yeah. My asterisk of saying, hey, well, I had a fucked up childhood, so you kind of got to give me a break. I think for a long time, and I'm having this revelation kind of like right now, so kind of bear with me with it. But what I'm thinking is, is it's more of a mindset of, I like being in bad because that gives me opportunity to grow and be good. Whereas I've never thought that I can be in the good and continue to grow there too. The flip of this year of kind of where I was this time last year, to kind of bring it back to your question of what's really changed, is taking that asterisk and putting it on the good and not on the bad. Because yeah. now I'm I'm understanding that my imperfections are what make me me. I don't necessarily want to just share it to everybody like in a spewing way, but um, right. it's allowing me to compartmentalize. Fuck yeah, I nailed that word. <laughs> I love it. I nailed yeah. that word. <laughs> it was a one-time thing. It was a one-time. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's really allowing me to, in in a sense, slow down and really understand the, the difference, the dichotomy of, of the good and bad in that asterisk and being confident in that.
0: There's something I'll throw back at you. So well before the wedding, you said to me at the end of one of our sessions, you said, um, so I guess I'm good now. Is, is that it? You hadn't really experienced, oh, things can be good and I can still work on them. Mm-hmm. And it's what you just said to me when you make the commitment to your own personal and spiritual growth i think that's an ongoing thing there's no reaching like perfection or nirvana it's a state of being that is constant
2: i love my analogies and i think going into this i consider therapy a uh, a medicine a some sort of fix-all type of situation and going through the process and, and, you know, putting the work in and, and doing these week to week has really helped me understand. And it's cool now because I can have this conversation on the outside world um, and kind of better explain how I view therapy. But I tell them, you're my trainer. You know, you're my you're my mental muscle trainer. And uh, right. just like you go to the gym, like I love going to the gym and working out and I do that day in, day out. Right. And so this is, to me, a muscle that I consistently want to train and grow and, and get to the point where I don't feel like I don't need it. I don't ever want to stop working out. I just want to. And I feel like I'm, I'm here now is really what I'm discovering, of uh, that I'm happy with the way my brain, quote unquote, looks. I'm very pleased with the um, putting all the work in and seeing the fruits of my labor Cause I mean, this isn't stuff that I can just show people, you know what I mean? And it's more so, <laughs> right, right, yeah, you flex that muscle right there. Like you, you learn that because you've worked on it.
0: That's sort of what mental fitness is. Cause we don't really think to look at it. We don't share what's going on in our mind with everybody all the time at all. And when you're, when you're going to a gym, if you're working with a trainer, he's working certain muscle sets and he's going to look for things and tell you to do things. And you'll see gradual progress over time. But it's only the people that see an old snapshot and then see a snapshot now, and go, damn, will notice things like, yeah, the way that you're talking to your parents now is different. Like, oh yeah, I've been, I've been exercising that mental muscle. That's your mental fitness. That's what you're doing. And it's it's awesome. My goal is to make myself obsolete, that at some point you get to the point where cool, no, I, I got this. And maybe I'll maybe I'll check in with you for a tune up every now and then a year ago, six months ago. No, we weren't there yet. We're getting closer. And might not get a client I've worked with for like six, seven years. And he's like, yeah, you're never kicking me out. You know that it's what you get out of it. You get a lot out of it. Cause you put a lot into it.
2: I was so afraid to do therapy again based on last and my mom's and all that kind of shit. And so even like the first couple of months, I feel like I was pretty guarded. Still, really the last year I feel like I'm able to take those like one situations and, and just cause of how my brain works is, is the milestones. And that's just been so big for me. To your point of me being <clears> like, oh, no, I'm good now, going through the week and literally coming in the office, bawling my eyes out. And just the <laughs> flip of that, you know, like if that were to happen to me right now, I'm sure I would still feel it and be upset and, and want to talk to you about it. But it not in the same light of, oh, my world's over. I'm going to move home and yeah. I'm done.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot of what we were doing in the beginning was gearing up for the bachelor party for the wedding was just laying groundwork. What we've done over the last year it was really you like being your own yeah and you have been and you've been doing it wonderfully sometimes miserably right that's the imperfect perfection
2: i feel like i've really moved through it gracefully and exactly how i would want to do it yeah not how i think somebody would want me to go through it
0: it's great you're doing the work you're doing a hell of a job
2: thank you
1: And we're back. We sure are, once again. Oh, Drew. I miss you, Drew. You sound like you're doing so well. It's actually, what timing for me to to be doing this episode, because he started out by mentioning how he was thinking about where he was a year ago. And I was like, wait a minute. Is this just for me? This is so weird.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the previous few episodes that I did with the other therapists, they were kind of reflective. And they were shorter because there were a lot of details and stuff. But when he hit this one, I was like, oh, man, Mary, you got to come back. This, this is yeah. the one. Like, come back. That's perfect. And, yep, yep, yep.
1: And he, of course, started out right with the Green Beret. Right. I was like, oh, yep. look at those analogies right in there. He was looking back at his brother and the bachelor party and what his mindset was like at the wedding and how he was glad he went and it all worked out. And then now he's looking at his life and his work and business and sort of trying to say, I guess whatever is going to happen is going to happen and what it's like to have everything just be really super unknown.
0: Yeah. And that's other than being an awesome (laughs) sound (laughs) garden (laughs) album, other than the awesome sound garden album, the super unknown is now something I said it to him. Like it seems different. Like you're almost okay with that. he's like, yeah, I am. Right. And that's where he's like, yeah, that's the nature of Green Beret. Like, it's okay that something's unknown. What I've been able to know over the past year is me. Right. Man, he got it. And then even the the example that he gave, I don't know if I'm jumping out of sequence for you. I know you hate when I do this. (laughs) The other people didn't. I could do that with them, but not (laughs) with you. (laughs) Uh, Actually, this is in sequence because I think he did say like that he was talking about the guy that does his printing. Like, he's like, didn't call me back, and what's going on, and what the hell? And normally, for him, the old normally, that would have flipped him out. And he was just like, yeah, whatever, it's cool.
1: Yep. And he mentions, which I feel like is Occam's razor, he mentions that maybe just looking at the thing that actually happened is such an easy explanation. It doesn't even occur to us. It's just the simple thing. It's not this big, complicated thing. Right, right. Sort of like what Occam's razor is, if...
0: Yeah, the the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Right. (laughs) I used to confuse Occam's razor and Schrodinger's cat. They're totally, completely different things. You know the Schrodinger's cat thing?
1: Yeah, but now I forgot it.
0: The experiment that that says if it's in the box, the cat's still alive, but if you open it up, then it might be dead. So it's simultaneously alive and dead.
1: Crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird.
1: Weird. So, yes, this is not the dead cat story.
0: <laughs> no, this is the easy explanation <laughs> thing. But Schrodinger's cat, Occam's razor is like, I, I, why do all these like science guys have things? Why don't they just say it's a flugelbinder? binder? And that's what it is. Totally.
1: Yeah. So there we go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> talked about. Did, did you miss I that? Know. Well, you still get. Nine you get the ju- Yes.
1: So, um, <laughs> what individuating, talked about money and combo with dad and talked about being inter- interdependent. And he talks about how he depends on his dad. There's this non judgmental way, and he'll ask for his advice, but still mentions it, talking about him as like a friend, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought you would have a field day if you heard the whole session, but I had to cut stuff out because he was talking specifically about some money stuff mm-hmm. and stuff about mom and dad where mom still kind of manages finances for oh. him. Like that's what she does. That's and and it's tough because he's trying to do his own thing and she still has, you know, some control over that. So he's breaking out of that and kind of setting up his own stuff right. without her, but still needs like her passwords or approval because she's still like Yeah, some of the accounts and things. So it's really interesting that he's looking at he might be now more capable than she is or more reliable. And then he talks to dad about finances, and having conversations with him, that used to just be about taking care of mom, taking care of her and like, make like, if she's not managing the finances well, and really stepping up, then hey, dad, what's going on with mom, she's not fully present. But now what's what's happening and how he's relating to dad isn't about mom and taking care of her. It was just like, hey, I don't want to talk to you about your son or I don't want to talk to you as your son. I want to talk to you as a colleague or a, you would say partner, right? It is a shift. It's not where you Meredith <laughs> would want to see it. You're like your line, I think probably a year ago is I want my dad to be my partner because my dad's my best friend. Nope. He's not your best friend.
1: (laughs) No. And I get it. I totally get it. What he's saying is like, he relates to his dad, I guess, or he loves his dad, you know, whatever it is. And I think it's weird because as we get older, it's like, oh, we can have a drink with our parents. We can do quote unquote adult things with our parents that we couldn't do before. So it puts us on this like sort of more even playing field, but even though not really. And there does become a time where, Sometime, maybe, instead of them wiping our ass, we wipe theirs. Who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, yeah. Hopefully not for a while yep, for him. Yep, yep. But that that's interesting that having a drink with your parents. For him, he was even younger and he was still smoking a joint with his dad. Yeah. They had that kind of relationship, which is why it felt like partnership or best friend. Yeah. And his shift now is like Hey, dad, I don't want to talk to you as your son, as that kind of best friend. I want some business advice. You're a sound business person. Like, can we do that? And he gave me like great advice. It was cool to relate that way where it wasn't about judging his character or judging his choices. It was just like straight up advice.
1: Right. Yeah. What was it? Where did the spectrum and the pendulum thing come in?
0: What he was talking about with the pendulum with his parents was that he's kind of, not running out there to rescue them and not feeling like he has to cut them off entirely. So he's noticing I'm not like at either one of those far ends. Right. I'm finding somewhere a little more towards center. I'm not, and he even said like, I'm not at that center point yet. Yeah. It's not about that fixed point center. It's about just finding it a little bit now. And it's feeling totally selfish or feeling totally giving and giving up of yourself and selfless it's just kind of finding what he needed and being able to say what he needs because for him it was yeah i want to say what i need which was hey dad i need some advice or hey i need this and that's okay
1: right was it you who when we were talking about the pendulum how it goes in a circle or no
0: yeah the pendulum at at griffith park because i mentioned the one at the observatory that if you watch it it doesn't just go tick tock tick tock back and forth it kind of goes goes in a circle right there's a little more room in there As we were talking about the pendulum, that's where he said he hadn't seen his best friend in a while and his best friend hit him up and he was like, yeah, I'd love to hang. Totally. And then he realized, oh, wait, I haven't seen my girlfriend in a week and a half. He had to call his friend back and say, no, I can't hang with you, which is not something he usually does. Yeah. And it was looking at what he needs and it was scary for him at first. He said like, I was a little nervous to say, no, I can't see you because for him, it triggers that abandonment piece right? and that, Oh, the connection's gone. Like, uh Oh, I can't ever say no to anybody and take care of my needs or my wants. Right. Cause they'll leave me. So I better be everywhere. I better be two places at once.
1: Yeah. And, and he did talk about how he slowed has slowed down and, and then of course brought up the car gear analogy. He slowed right. down and he can right. now like hit different gears.
0: I love that. Cause it's, it's, a way for him to to see the different gears and to see where other people are at and not have to control their gears either. Totally. With that friend, he's like, yeah, I I need to hang with my girl. Is that cool? And he was like, yeah, no problem. I'm just going to take a nap.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like you prepare yourself for for this big response. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually feel like doing anything anyway. So I'm glad you said something.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna take a nap. That's cool.
1: He talked about his self-discovery and he was so cute because he was talking about like what he likes about himself and how proud he is of himself. And I was like, oh,
0: yay. Yeah. And a shift. He busted a a line that I love. He said something very insightful, really cool. It fits with everything we're talking about. He said, "I, I think I'm really good about asking the questions to hear what I want to hear.
1: Oh, yeah. I am so good at that. I'm like, my hair looks better the other way, right?
0: Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's, man, I think such a, such a cool realization for him to have him recognize that was like, yes, now you're not thinking about that. You're doing your own thing. Cool. And that's, that's his gear. That's where he is. To me, the last few sessions that you've heard the other guy, the other guy's breaking down with me, but you're hearing it here now too. It's really that that individuation, really strong. I even mentioned individuation as a psychological term for him in this episode. This is where you're at. You're really in it. You're actually being yourself and separating from parents and feeling what it is to be you on your own. Imperfections and not being perfectly prepared for everything. And, and it's really cool to hear it, I think, for him. Because it's it's happening in real time that he's noticing it.
1: Yeah, he says like, right now is this the same girlfriend
0: yeah she's she's the girlfriend and she has a, a like young infant son
1: yeah yeah okay that he doesn't feel judged in the relationship and that they're not codependent and that he's getting support that's validated him being himself and being okay being imperfect that's like allowing him to be happy in the relationship
0: and how how relatable was that that i'm sticking with him in this right yeah but when we talked about like being okay with your imperfections. And he just kind of made the connection of like, yeah, I feel like I always had this asterisk of, I had a fucked up childhood. right? So I need a, you have to give me a break, cut me some slack, because this is what I went through. And a lot of people hold on to, here's my imperfection. Here's how, here's what I went through in childhood. Here's why you have to give me special compensation or consideration for something. Give me some slack. And, and it was more like, no, I, I compartmentalize that, right. and that's cool. And he even – I don't know if you noticed that, but he said that word and was like, oh, uh, yeah, I just I that word. Of course I did. I wrote a big <laughs> like, star
1: and aha uh-huh, next to it. I was like, you got it, buddy. Right. Loved
0: that. It was so good. See, he's growing. He's growing. Yeah. Yeah, but that idea of like the my, my fucked up childhood means I am fucked up. Like, oh.
1: Yeah, and I like that he said something to the effect of – Striving for perfection, like, okay, I I can strive for perfection, but I'm never going to reach it because then I would never have anything to learn. I was like, yes, exactly.
0: Right. To me, it's about the striving, not getting to perfection. Like there, I'm done. I'm enlightened.
1: Yeah. I got to write this one down in my Doug's analogy book. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Do you know that I have a good friend that just started listening to the podcast and she told me. She's like, I love Doug. He's so amazing. And I already started um, writing down a list, and I was like, of his analogies? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, me too. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So this one, mental fitness, trainer Mm -hmm. for the body, therapist is for the mind.
0: That's right. What? yeah I mean, I didn't come up with that i mean i I said it here, but it's
1: well, you might not have come up with a lot of these things, but I still like them
0: <laughs> no hardly any of them, but packaging them in my unique packaging yeah it's, this is how I wrap my gifts <laughs> there you go and the, <laughs> there's another one. write that one down well, he and I were talking about like this is how we talk and looking at like yeah, I learn with analogies, and a lot of my clients I use. Some of these analogies with them, some of them have their own. And you guys out there, like if you use these or use your own version, it's awesome. I think that's a great way of staying subjective and objective at the same time. Like you can see it in an analogy objectively and apply it to yourself subjectively, but you're remembering it. It was really cool hearing him say like, I love therapy. Like I see it like you're my trainer. You're just, it's my mental muscle trainer. and, And we're just working out like I work out at the gym. Right. Because he understands gym. He loves going to the gym and working out. He loves going to therapy and working out that mental muscle, as he said.
1: Yeah, he said, putting in the work and you see the
0: results. Right. It's funny because he said with, with like going to the gym, you put in the, the work and people can see. This isn't stuff that I can really show people. I disagree. I think it is stuff yeah. that people do see. And at first, they might see it and react to it like, Oh, so now you have a boundary. Oh, so now you right. can't do this. Like, wow, what's going on with you? You used to be like this. It's a learning curve and an adjustment for some people. I think you do see, or people do see, that growth around you when you're when you're exercising this mental muscle.
1: Yeah, and I I get what he's saying though, because I <laughs> there's a lot of people I know now. We all have our strengths and weaknesses, but let's just say perhaps at some moment I'm a little brash or a little aggressive. Or you, I know. Who knows what What? I know. It's crazy.
0: You're the most passive person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I always say to them, Jesus Christ, have you, if you had known me 15 years ago, you literally would have hated me. (laughs) Like, so you have, they have no idea how much I've grown and how much work I've done. Right. So the people that have known me all along, they know, and they can see the hard work and the changes. The people that don't know me. Or haven't known me for that long. I mean, to be fair, I can, I can be a very grounded, balanced human also. So in my mind, though, I'll say, oh, my God, yeah, I'm fucking crazy or whatever. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was sort of the old me.
0: Right. Like the Harry Potter analogy, the the photos, right? right? The snapshots of moments in time, like a snapshot of then, a snapshot of, of now. And it looks so different. They can see it and for better or for worse. The people that know your your like Harry Potter snapshot, like the moving picture, are the people that have been with you through 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, <laughs> and 20 and 25. Totally. Oh yeah, you you were you were a hot mess. Yeah, sure was. <laughs> well, 25 years ago, you were a heck of a lot of fun. Fifteen years ago, yeah, hot mess. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. It's a it's a continuum. <laughs>
0: right, right. But that's and that's the point, is if there was a snapshot of you. 25 years ago, and then the snapshot now, they wouldn't look remotely similar. Right. Well, some some pieces. Right, right. But that moving piece of seeing all the growth and seeing how you've changed is amazing. And I think that's the point of, you were saying, the people that have stuck with you, that know you as a moving picture, you as a person who is going through an evolution is great. And a lot of times you'll know the people that aren't with you that way because they'll see some change and it'll be too stark a contrast from the last snapshot they had and they'll react to it.
1: Yeah, and I think it was cute. And then again, this was like, I'm like, is this for me right now? How at some point (laughs) after a little while in the beginning, he was like, all right, I'm good now, right? Are we done? Is this it?
0: Right, yeah, yeah, brought that up, yep.
1: And then he was like, no, yeah, like it's good. And also I'm going to keep working.
0: Yeah. I mean, once, once he got it, which was shortly after that session, it wasn't, it didn't take him that long, but once he was like, right. Oh, right. Okay. Now he's like, no, I'm not done. I feel great. I want to keep going. This is great. Let's go. Let's go. Right. When you find something that works, you do it. Right. I don't know. It's pretty cool. And it's something that over time, if you guys have been listening, you see the growth and change in him. If you, I don't know, it might be interesting if somebody just listens to the podcast, like just started and goes back to like, I'm, I'm listening for episode one and two and like, okay, cool. If they can jump ahead and listen to one of these and then go, oh my gosh, how did he get here? Well, now you can listen and hear the whole journey. It's
1: awesome. Totally.
0: I'm going to bust this out at you. We, we might have to, to obscure the name, but do you remember from, from junior high, do you remember Jeremy Katzman?
1: Yeah, of course. He's the first boy I ever kissed. What? Yeah, he was my neighbor.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Right. Do you remember he was kind of like a a cute little scrawny kid?
1: Yeah. Now he's like a gigantic muscle man.
0: Right. Right. I think he got, and Jeremy threw out there, forgive me for not remembering this entirely, but I think he got like beat down pretty severely and that kind of, I don't think that was the reason why he started working out, but he kind of like took that and just got huge and buff. Like I even heard that he moved to Hawaii for a while mm. he's back in LA now, but he's huge. And if you knew him when we first knew him, yeah. he was like this little kid and you yeah. see him now and you're like, whoa, you're like monstrous. You are like huge. But if you were with him that whole time and just saw him gradually... It would feel more natural. Yeah. Kind of what I'm saying with listen to, I kind of wish I could do this, but I can't hear Drew from session one or two, and then hear Drew now. Right. It's sort of like going, yo, you see Jeremy as this little kid? Guess what? In yeah. like 30 years, he's yeah. going to be huge and right. buff. You'd be like, what? How did that happen?
1: I know it's so great. Yeah, I love that. I love being able to do both. Hear it all along, and then you can go back and look at like, holy shit, look how far he's come, and and there's always so much more to do. I'm excited to hear what happens.
0: I'm stoked that we that we get to keep him going through the Patreon.
1: I'm glad people get to hear.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, you and I have had clients for years and we're very invested in their lives and we work with them and we see the change and it's really cool. So to have people involved with Drew and now Sarah, I don't know if they'll be going for years, but it's not just like, here's a quick fix and you're done. Bye. Right. You know, have a great life. You get to hear them continuously growing because we all continuously grow. I hope.
1: I hope so too. I'm not done.
0: And maybe that means, Mary, you'll be back on the Patreon a little more often. I know I know, we're doing like at least once a month, maybe more. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see.
1: That's my plan. Uh,
0: you can't stay away.
1: No, I can't. I love you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us on here. And uh, I'll be back on here with you next week. I don't know who's hosting the next one with me. Could be Meredith. Living on the
1: edge. Living on the edge.
0: (laughs) That's right. It'll be a
1: surprise. Surprise.
0: That's true. Well, not for me because I'll have to plan it and record it. But it'll be a surprise for you guys. For everyone else. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, you are the favorite. I know. I
1: know. Okay, guys. Don't tell
0: anybody. Oh, shit. That's recorded. All right. Bye. Bye. i